You're listening to Shooting the Bullshit with Vital Farms. Interesting. Okay, we're here. Welcome to Shooting the Bullshit with Shep and Becca from Vital Farms. So you're probably wondering why two random people from Vital Farms marketing team have started a podcast and the answer is i'm wondering becca because our boss asked us to <laughs> and apparently we're fascinating so we're gonna chit chat and just talk to you about how vital farms is calling bullshit on cage-free eggs and a bunch of other stuff just a little bit more life stuff too it sounds fun that sounds like kind of like a day in the life in not the too life. different than what we typically do on a monday yeah so i thought to kick off this podcast, we'd start by introducing your hosts, Shep Kowalski, Becca Simmons. Instead of introducing ourselves, I thought we could introduce each other. Sounds great. Are you sure? I'm a little nervous. Do you know enough about my background to introduce I've me? I've got enough to be dangerous. Yeah. So we've been, just a little bit more background, we've been working together at Vital Farms for almost three years now. Yep. I've been here a little longer than Becca. Okay. <laughs> Two weeks longer. And just so everyone knows, Two and he and a went- half to three. He started at Vital Farms and then he took a two-week vacation to Yosemite or Big Bend or I don't some national forest. So honestly, by the time I started, I think I had more experience than you mm. at Vital Farms. <laughs> That's an interesting take. I was out in the wilderness working on myself so working I could bring a better version yep, yep, of myself yep. to Vital, you know? Another interesting tidbit for everyone is that when I first started at Vital Farms, I absolutely despised Shep. Yes, she thought it was 100. mutual. It was not. He is like embodies an Austin hippie and I was having trouble coming to terms with all of the change from moving from Kansas to Austin to work at Vital Farm. Yeah, so I guess we'll lead that into uh, the introduction for our very own Becca Simmons. Um, okay, okay. Kansas farm girl, athlete. She won't tell you to, you gotta kind of pry it out of her, but played college ball, college basketball, and about as modest as you can get, but also uh, when she gets going, she'll really drop some knowledge on you. <laughs> So when she first came, me, myself, Catherine, uh, our boss, and Becca and I went to hit store visits. We walked into a Wheatsville co-op, which is like a, a tiny grocer, natural foods. And I walked in and go, look, Becca, isn't the vibe great in here? And she looks at me and goes, what's a vibe? So this was where we started off with Becca. You have to explain a little bit more about Wheatsville. I adore it now that I've lived yep. in Austin for a couple years. A couple distinguishing pieces of it. You grind your own almond butter there. Oh, nothing better. Because... Why not? You have to hug at least three people upon entry. It's yep. part of like the co-op dues that they pay. A lot of eye contact and smiles. Yeah. If you're not hugging people, they they will hug you or ask you to leave, I think. Yeah. So this this was all a shock to young Becca Simmons, mm -hmm. uh, fresh off of the uh, Kansas boat to Austin. And so that was What's just- What's that boat called? <laughs> Remind me. I think I know it was a Honda Civic that you uh, <laughs> rode down here on. But uh, yeah, so Becca, she was a real, she wanted to be here, but she wasn't quite sure. We stumbled upon, you know, it was a real uh, struggle between her farm girl roots and assimilating into the Austin kind of hippie, hipster, keep it weird culture. Mm -hmm. uh, we stumbled upon a Twitter account of hers. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> First podcast and you have to bring yep. this up. <laughs> so we stumbled upon a, a, a Twitter account uh, of hers ripping on Austin people, the the dog culture, <gasps> everything about Austin. Fast forward now three years later, I think pretty sure she makes her own kombucha. Um, I'm obsessed with avocado toast. Obsessed with avocado <laughs> toast. She's not getting a dog yet, but she's fully living the Austin vibe, hitting Weedsville co-op. I'm completely considering getting a dog. I'm 50% of the way and that's, there. that's, you know, that's a big change from where we were at before. Let me introduce you to Shep. 
It's S-H-E-P. I know a lot of you out there are wondering, is that a real name? It is indeed. <laughs> uh, full name, Shepard Marsh Kowalski, born in Ohio. But like everyone you know from Ohio, he doesn't live there anymore. He moved away. <laughs> Another star athlete here, big football player in high school, went to the Ohio State University. Not for football at the record stage. Not for I don't think anyone was confused on that front, Shep. But well, the listeners can't see me. If you see me, that's pretty apparent. I'm glad you clarified. From there, went on to Arkansas and cut his teeth at Unilever. But if you know Shep at all, like let me paint a little picture for everyone here. Um, super faded haircut, beard, kind of like an A. Abe Lincoln type beard, but mm-hmm. shorter, which is so funny because he his birthday is on Abe Lincoln's birthday as well. Shep Kowalski and Abe Lincoln. It's two almost peas meant in a to pod. Be, yeah. He's wearing jeans that are probably skinnier than mine right now, and his <laughs> ankles are showing. Um, he claims every day that he's wearing socks. I've yet to see said socks. That's the point of no-show socks. If you see them, they're not doing their job. Shep, like I said, cut his teeth at Unilever before coming to Austin, where he totally fell in love with the vibes and hanging out with his dogs at Zilker Park on the weekend and rock climbing and floating in float tanks. He's just pretty much a hipster through and through, which is... I think what brings an interesting viewpoint to Vital Farms is he can really connect with who our target consumers are, but then also has the smarts and the background and the knowledge to totally run our hard-boiled and butter businesses. Well, that's a good intro. Uh, so I'm the brand manager of our butter, ghee, hard-boiled businesses. And Becca Simmons across the way is an associate brand manager. She recently led the Traceability Project, which... Whoever's listening, I'm sure has an idea about that. See a farm where your eggs came from. Pretty uh, amazing idea. I think that people have been looking for for a while. And uh, Becca's now, she stood up a shopper marketing uh, role for us, which is essentially marketing at shelf, digital shelf or store shelf for, with retailers. And then has transitioned to this really amazing role that she's kind of um, created where she connects us to the farms. Our stories and what makes us different, what makes Vital Farms special is the farms, those people and the practices they have. And so Becca does a role uh, with her farm girl background where she uh, inter- interacts with the farmers and then kind of brings that farm mentality into the office and, and vice versa, that marketing uh, office mentality to the farms to kind of help us tell our stories in the best way possible. Well, let me break it down for everyone really quick. So you've got Shep, super hipster right across the way from me total farm girl in the big city and we're basically i wouldn't say work spout like you're not my work husband i'm not your work wife you're my work brother work bro and it's sis. a big distinction i think i think one time uh someone called us work spouses and, and I, we both I, I shivered think, yeah you shivered i think you might have made like a gagging noise and my feelings were hurt well, i think no i think that's a great intro to us and i think an intro to vital farms you've got a lot of personalities coming from different backgrounds with different viewpoints of the world all uh, coming together in the mission of you know improving the planet um, and people's lives with food starting with the chickens and the growers and then all of our lives I, I know uh, our CEO Russell says this is the most fun he's ever had I think I, I can say the same it's improved my life much less the way we interact with food so I think this that's a, a perfect intro- introduction to uh, the personalities that kind of make up this mm-hmm. podcast and vital farms in a way so let's why don't we dive on in Becca dive on in okay this podcast is called shooting the bullshit that's what Vital Farms does every day is calls bullshit on things that we think aren't right. And we're just totally honest and transparent with what you want to know about your eggs and your butter. So first segment today is going to be called Calling Bullshit. Shep and I, uh, for this segment, are going to find something in the news that we think is bullshit and then 
discuss it basically and let you all all three of you weigh in on the topic beautiful this is cathartic you know i think we i don't know if we call bullshit enough in today's we don't PC call society enough. yeah so shit today i'm gonna read you the title from an article on cnn okay and i want to get your thoughts as vital farms resident cow expert i mean you run our butter and our ghee businesses Okay, let's hear it. Russian dairy farmers gave cows VR goggles with hopes that they would be happier and make better milk. Wow. Well, let's start with Russia. And one second, everyone. (laughs) This is CNN. I know it sounds like a headline from The Onion. It is not. This is from CNN, posted November 2019. And there's a big picture of a cow wearing VR goggles trying to make them happier because they're stuck in the frozen tundra of Russia. I have so many thoughts. VR. Yeah. For cows. So we got to start with Russia. I mean, there's a lot of things going on there that are kind of no holds bar. It's kind of like the wild, wild west. <laughs> are so- we going to get into politics too <laughs> no, in this podcast? No. Our producer's <laughs> shaking his head over here. Wow, VR headsets. So it's to make them happier? Is that the idea? So what it does is they put a VR headset in front of the cow and it shows them basically a beautiful pasture paradise with the sun beaming down to try to put them in the right mindset for producing. I mean, because it's true, when cows are out on pasture and they're living their best life, their production is higher. Well, that makes sense, right? It's where they were meant to be. It's Correct. where they can express express their natural behaviors. So I guess this is an admittance that they're maybe not the happiest in their current in setting. In Russia. But what, do we know what kind of farms they are? Is it like a factory farm sort of deal? It seems to be factory farm-esque, yes. Because I've been to Wisconsin in the winter and their, their, born, their barns are open. And the cows are still fine. They go out on pasture. So I'm wondering if Russia is too cold for that or if this is more of a factory farm thing. Because factory farm, it makes sense that they're going to admit that their cows aren't so happy. And VR, I mean, that seems like an odd way. Can't we figure something else out? That seems like, it seems like there's enough effort put into coming up with a, one, a VR goggle that fits a cow's head. Yeah. Have you ever done any of those VR video game experiences? I have. Like ones where you're falling off stuff. Yeah. And- so my cousin got one and... It was a Star Wars one, and so he put it on his face, and then he had his lightsaber, and he played it for close to four hours straight. It's terrifying. And by the time he took the goggles off, it's so it messes with your head a little bit because your eyes are focusing two inches in front of you, even though it feels like you're focusing hundreds of feet out. And it messed with his head, and he had a migraine for three days after. That is crazy. And I bet then he powers through. (laughs) The migraines get shorter and shorter each time. I think he spends a lot less time on VR. I think that's a question I have about VR goggles, but also... How long are they leaving them on these poor cows? How long that are these could, cows? Yeah. What is happens this negating when they, the health benefits? What happens when they take them off too? Are there the, we need to find some epic VR cow fail videos. You know, where like they've got the VR headset on and then they smoke grandma in the chest with the lightsaber accidentally at Thanksgiving. Hear, yeah, you know, I that's hear, where yeah. I thought your story was going. Just a terrible migraine and health issues. Yeah. It doesn't seem right. And I think even if you can trick the cow, right? Mm-hmm. Can you trick the environment, right? Because a lot of the challenge with these factory farms is you're taking the cow off of pasture where they're aerating the soil, putting their manure on the soil, eating the grass. And if you, again, it's it's more of a Band-Aid of a fix than going all the way to Bright, which is pasture raising, getting your cows out on pasture. You're still going to have the negative effects of the environment, the surrounding communities with all that Mm -hmm. extra cow shit. So yeah, to me, it's it's kind of a bummer. It's a funny headline, but it's a bit of a bummer. So I, Shep and I are in agreement that just putting VR goggles on animals to put them in their perfect environment is bullshit. It's like, as a human, would you rather go on vacation or would you rather just watch 
vacation on TV in front of you. We've all got that screensaver, right? Yeah. The, the Microsoft screensaver, it changes each day. Like would, if I just sit and look at that for 15 minutes, it doesn't necessarily make mm-hmm. me as happy as being there. But to take this a step further, and this is something I haven't figured out yet, but what are they supposed to do? Do Russians just not get milk for their cereal and butter for cooking? So educate me. How much colder is Russia than Wisconsin in the winter? That's a great question. I think a lot colder, um, to be very scientific about it. It's cold. Are we just supposed to ship milk from all these different places? Should we build ideal indoor environments for these cows? What is the solution to animal welfare and byproducts in a weird climate? Yeah, it's a fair question. I think the challenge, though, is five degrees Fahrenheit for, is that Russia? Okay. It's not that cold. No, that's not terrible. I know Minnesota gets negative 20. And we've got about, is that 26 to 35? And highs, okay, the lows are about around three. Explain what you're seeing. So it's a pretty, yeah, I'm trying to. It's a pretty similar climate. About three degrees Fahrenheit in Wisconsin, about five degrees in Russia. And so I think it's just a matter of this this thing where people want to do what's easy over right. Yeah. I mean, Vital Farms took 12 years for us, almost 13 years for us to get Mm -hmm. here. There's a lot of steps along the way and it was, let's do what's right over easy because everyone had been doing what's easy. VR, well, there may be some work in that. That's a lot easier than figuring out a system of letting the cows be outside and and live and express their natural behaviors. And that's a fine line I think we walked with the farm traceability initiative we did too is just because it's tech and it's new doesn't mean it's the right thing to do necessarily. Mm -hmm. So I think VR goggles on cows, that sounds cool and it's a catchy clickbait headline, but we did our farm videos to show people what the farms look like. It does, it's not detrimental to the animals at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I think coming at it with different intentions is what makes all the difference when using tech like this. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. With with you using tech, it's to show the way we're doing things. This is changing the way they do things and mm-hmm. new isn't necessarily better, right? Pasture raising, letting animals go outside isn't something new. It's it's a throwback, you know? So Russian cow farmer, we're calling bullshit on you. We're calling bullshit. If you, hey, this is not a cancel culture on shooting the bullshit podcast. So if you want to call in and talk about it, we are all... Ears. Yes, we are not a cancel culture, but we don't agree, culture. but we, we appreciate the effort. And maybe, we're always open to changing opinions. Yeah, maybe misspent effort, you know, mm-hmm. put putting your effort in the wrong places, I think. You know, let's spend less time on the VR and just open up those barn doors. But, you know, yeah. maybe we'll hear from them in a couple of weeks and hear their side of the story. Um, Next up, we have a segment called Give a Shit. So... Not only do we call bullshit, but we care passionately about a bunch of different topics. And so we're just going to talk about things that we give a shit about, whether it relates to Vital Farms or not. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay. Shep, what do you give a shit about from this past weekend or lately in life? What's your new thing? I think one thing that uh, that we're, as we talk about uh, who buys Vital Farms eggs and uh, butter and ghee and hard-boiled, there's different people that do so. And one thing that I... That I personally give a shit about is getting outside and moving around it makes me feel better, right? And I think it's it's funny the more people I talk to that do that and really give a shit about getting outside, moving their own bodies, staying healthy, it's so obvious to them why what we do at Vital Farms makes complete sense because they're doing it as well. It's, it's just mm-hmm. an interesting thing that I've stumbled upon lately where if people are living like we're trying to get our chickens to live. They immediately get it. So if people are living their best lives getting outside, they're going to understand the Vital Farms mission and why we do what we do. I think so. Should we partner with Outdoor Voices? 
We should. Outdoor voices, hey. <laughs> no, that's interesting. I mean, for what qualifies for you as going outside and doing shit? I like to rock climb. Like, like Hikes climb. are always good. Just being out in the sun, you know, it feels great. This is part of the reason why I think we all, anyone who lives in Austin lives in Austin is you have more of that time. But it, it's just so funny. I mean, we've all, if you lived in, how were the winters in Kansas? Uh, Cold and windy. Did you get a little more sad when you had to stay inside in the winter and it was cold and dark? No, the exact opposite. Really? Actually. <laughs> I get so much energy from rainy days and... When it gets dark out earlier, I feel so productive. Diaries of an introvert. Is that it? I think you're recharging your batteries. Makes sense. I don't know if it's just as simple as introverted, extroverted, though. But I'm no, getting it's, it's energy from rainy days. Like those are my. I I honestly think it does have something to do with growing up on a farm and rain. It's it oh, was it meant almost no, work. no 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 rain is something that you're always needing more rain and you're always praying for rain. And so if it was ever a rainy day, you were not allowed to be gloomy about it. Like this is a celebration. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. The wheat is going to sprout. <laughs> we got wheat, baby. And we're going to, we're going to make harvest folks. Oh, that's great. Okay. So that I, it's my attitude towards rain is kind of tied to that, but you have a you really unique uh, relationship with the outdoors. I bet because it meant work, which doesn't sound like it was necessarily a bad thing for you. It sounds like you kind of knew your duty. To Did the you family. have a lot of places like outdoor activities to do in Ohio? I had a creek in my backyard, okay. woods in the backyard. So we were always like the old, like the things I'm not sure if kids are going to do nowadays where you like mm. go right around the neighborhood, grab up the crew and then go get into some like wild stuff far away from the eyes of your parents, you know, like go back and we'd find this weird tunnel that the creek ran into and I'm sure there were homeless people around some, yeah. in some capacity, you know, like we'd always had those kind of huck. Huckleberry Finn adventures. I that's interesting because growing up in Kansas there was no there's no opportunity to rock climb or even hike. Everything is flat. You can see straight to the horizon. I mean, you could walk. It's the sunsets are pretty, but mm -hmm. I think finding this new love for going out and hiking and exploring the Green Belt in Austin is totally foreign to me, especially because in Kansas the wind is blowing 45 miles an hour <laughs> at all times, which makes all outdoor activity is miserable. Did you guys have like a neighborhood crew that you get into some crazy stuff outside? Or what, were the neighbors like five miles away? When I lived on the farm, not particularly. The neighbors were super far away and the nearest kid was 20 miles away. Oh my goodness. Um, I love that you know that. That was, a, that was something that you talked about in the household. It yeah. Seems. Well, I mean, my aunt and uncle lived a mile and a half down the road, but that's just your aunt and uncle. You don't want to go yeah. hang out with them. They're enough fun, um, you know. But when I moved to town, I by town I mean Spearville, Kansas, population eight hundred. There was a lot of we would go to the pool every day in the summer, same sort of thing. But you didn't spend much time outdoors when it was so windy because I don't know if the wind can just take it out of you. Like we would ride our bikes to the pool and we'd have to walk them back. Because you don't want to ride into the 45 mile per hour guts. <laughs> and that's Spearville living right there. That's Spearville living. <laughs> and so do you, uh, do you uh, share a similar, you said finding, hiking around the Green Belt, which yeah. is this beautiful connection of trails and riverways through Austin. Do you find that that's something that you've really enjoyed? I'm getting there. I'm getting there for sure. I was in Colorado this past weekend and did, 
It was supposed to be a nice level one easy nature hike and I ended up basically trekking up a mountain, a snowy mountain <laughs> jeans. And for a while, I wasn't entirely sure that we weren't going to fall off the side of this mountain, but it was very rewarding at yeah. the end. More rewarding than a walk on flat asphalt. Yeah, um, yeah, a walk down the boardwalk or something. Yeah, so. Yeah, so that's something I personally give a shit about. Give um, a shit about getting outside. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's what you were looking for, no, but that, I thought there works. was a, at least a loose enough tie into how our girls live and how it's just so obvious that it makes them feel good and... and it's the way they were supposed to live, right? Which is, you could argue about us as well. Mm-hmm. You see all like these weird com- keyboard postures that we have and Me rolled right shoulders. Now, sitting up straight. Yep, as I say as it, I all focus. three of us sit back and flex our, our backs. But yeah, it's like we were meant to be doing some version of that as well. So what do you give a shit about, Becca? What do I give a shit about? Farmers, farmers, especially right now in today's political climate and everything that's happening to them. And I, I mean, I've this is the fourth time I've said it now, but I grew up on a farm and... The reason I got passionate about Vital Farms and I got involved with it is because like my dad could could do no-till farming and build terraces on his farm ground and do all these things that are better for the land and the environment, but he has to sell his grain and his crops for the same price down the road as the, the neighbor a mile and a half away who's not doing things the right way and is using way too many chemicals and things like that. So the only way in my mind to reward farmers for doing things better and doing things the right way is through premium branding. And that's why I got involved with what I do. But we, we talk often about here at Vital Farms, why? Mm-hmm. What's Vital Farms' why? Why do we do things the way we do? Would you say farmers uh, are your why? Farmers are 100% my why, which is it's unique because a lot of people find out about Vital Farms or join it based on the ethical food movement or they're already eating a lot of organic foods and they're along that journey and that wasn't my way in it was totally Mm farm-based and i've grown a lot and learned a lot about just the health of food in the past three years yeah that that's so interesting i'd say that's probably i think i'm one of the few that came in from a farmer totally point because i came in the other way yeah I, i always enjoyed eating healthy and knew kind of the farming system was screwed up but not necessarily how i remember i found our eggs and was like well that carton's cool and then i made them i'm like am i making this up why do they look and taste better i'm totally like placebo effect i'm making this up and then coming inside and hearing more about everything then i got totally sold on uh our farmers and and how to your point the incentives are are not really aligned with doing practices the right way and i think you're you're a real reason or a big part of educating internally about that along with everything we do but you have a, a unique perspective that it's really great to have in the room when we discuss all these things and of course our stakeholder model make sure that through conscious capitalism that all of our stakeholders are accounted for in every decision and our growers our farmers are a big yeah. part of that and you often provide a, a voice for them it's always important to be empathetic to our farmers or even just I, I, I love the idea of trying to pull back the veil and educate people more on what they go through every day. So a month ago or so, I'd spent a really long weekend in the office and I was exhausted and I called my dad. Humble brag. And yeah, humble brag. <laughs> so modest. And I called my dad up and I was kind of complaining about a long weekend and I forgot that he was planting Milo and he's been doing 18 hour days. And that's just... Wow. I, I couldn't do an 18 hour day for three weeks on end, but he does them regularly. And it's all on his shoulders. And so much of it is 
but variable due to weather. Like farmers have, in my opinion, the hardest job in this country. For sure, just uncertainty and ownership and honestly the shit that they're going through right now. Yeah, and the things they can control versus what they can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of those things, you talk about celebrating rain with your family. Rain you can't dances. Control that. Yeah. Did you guys do any rain dances? Oh my gosh. Picturing the whole hecky crew out there, uh, horning hecky crew out there, uh, maybe slapping your knees, doing rain dances we would every time it would rain i don't know if you did this but in the front driveway you know there's some water pools up and we would build a dam and block all the water and hoard it from the neighbors down the street nice nice yeah a little friendly farmer rivalry friendly farmer rivalry well that's really beautiful on what you give a shit about i think it's really important to keep that in mind and if incentives aren't aligned with our farmers doing what's best for the land and doing what's best for the animals and they don't get any benefit of that or then why would they so it feels, well, that wasn't necessarily uh, the reason I came into Vital. It's definitely one of the reasons I've stayed and feel so passionate about what we do is we're setting them up to do the best work they can and rewarding them for doing so. Well, there you go. Farmers, you hear we give a shit about you. Thanks for everything you do. So as we sign off, I think uh, one thing we'll want you guys to do is check your egg cartons. Check your egg cartons for? Farm name on the side. Farm name on the side, right? Go online to vitalfarms.com slash farm, mm-hmm. and you can see the farm where your eggs in that carton were laid. Uh, see how our chickens live and uh, verify for yourself that we're not full of bullshit. A couple of my favorites, London Smoke is a great farm to look at, Elkton Valley, shout out to Arnold Farm. Shout out to Arnold. They were so excited about the traceability project that they went out and bought their own 360 camera wow. to video their farm themselves. Um, and now we're pen pals, That's the great. Arnolds and I are. So. It's got to our, to our conversation around farmers, knowing that people care about their land and where the birds that are laying their eggs, mm-hmm. care enough to see them and take time out of their day to look that up, that's got to be... Uh, great to hear for the farmers for sure and you can also go online and write our farmers uh letters right you know yeah if you send them a love note we'll make sure that's passed along to those farmers to those farmers to those farmers this is shooting the bullshit episode one thanks for listening to shooting the bullshit with vital farms to find out more go to vitalfarms.com or visit your local grocery store and find the black egg carton or black butter carton